and welcome to the Into podcast. My name is Ellis Taylor and I'm hosting this week's podcast. I'm joined by Coral, Tab and Yusuf and we're coming to you from the Learning Solutions team at Into Global. Hi. Hey. In today's episode we're going to be talking about returning to the classroom. Um, so some of us managed to get back into the classroom around September and today we wanted to discuss what teaching in the classroom looks like living aside, alongside coronavirus. Mm. Um, I think it's it's going to be a little bit different, it's fair to say. <laughs> yes, I think that's an, yeah, an understatement. I think it is going to be very different. Um, so I, 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 in fact, I don't think any of us managed to get back into the classroom, did we? But we have spoken to... Um, teachers been working with teachers and some of those did and um, one of the things that kind of strikes me straight away is the somewhat dreaded two meter box at the front that you're not allowed to leave yeah I think it's I think placement in the classroom a lot of teachers most teachers will be very used to sort of wandering around the classroom and particularly during things like group work listening into the students and and being able to move around their classroom very, very easily. Um, so I do think that's something that is certainly in the first, you know, in the first instance will change um, when we return to the classroom is that teachers are going to have to be in a specific place in the classroom. Um, and I think it's really about um, adapting the what you're doing and adapting the technology and the things that you're using. Um, you can still do a lot of the same activities it's just adapting and sort of tweaking slightly how you actually do them yeah so like i mean i think if you're somebody who does a lot of interactive tasks then monitoring by moving around the room is 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 sort of very intuitive but if you can't do that then you can use various kind of tools to help monitor what's actually going on um in the students heads or in in their um in their group work so one way that you can do that is just by um, doing a live poll using some polling software like poll everywhere or mentimeter or um, or any you know if you have a live polling option within your um, meeting software your online meeting software um, if you've got students connecting from outside you'll be using that meeting software if you've only got students in the classroom you could still just create uh, a live poll and get them to use their mobile phone or any device that they've got with them you just give them a link um, and then they can respond to it um, so then you can just see in real time their answers to the questions um, rather mm. than having to go around and look at on their page you know what they think about a particular question mm -hmm. yeah I um I listened to a different podcast uh, last week which uh, it was a teacher discussing what it was like back in the classroom for that short period and they actually spoke about just just commonplace things like being able to wander around and provide students with a handout and now you can't do that um, and she was saying you know I have to spend a bit more time prepping my classroom ahead of the students arriving so that I go and hand you know packs out and leave them on the desk for the students before they arrive so that we're not all passing something round. and it did make me think about how you could kind of remove that step entirely by the use of things like your collaborative documents and your poll everywhere and get students to you know interact with their own device so that there's no sharing of anything yeah definitely i mean one of the things that i set up 
um, for a course that I was teaching uh, quite a while ago, actually, and it, and it did cause quite a bit of um, sort of disruption, I suppose, is I, I stopped printing out all of the handouts and the handbook and everything for the course. Um, and I just created a document and I just got a shareable link for the document, sent it out to everybody. And I said, if you need a printed copy, then request one. So just ask for one and I'll print I'll print one out for you. But otherwise, just use the digital copy. Um, and to begin with, people were a little bit um, taken aback because at that time <laughs> it wasn't so common to do that. But um, actually, people loved it. And, and, and a lot of the students came to me and said, I prefer this so much so much more because I know that it's better for the mm. environment but also I know that I can request it if I need it mm. and also I can just print certain pages if I want to I don't need to print the whole thing and I guess I mean absenting corona it, it removes that whole oh I lost my worksheet I couldn't do my homework I you know left my book at college school wherever if you've got a link whereby you can access it anywhere it definitely removes those barriers as well Exactly. And it's more accessible too, right? Because uh -huh. they can use a screen reader on it. You know, you can have it have it read aloud to you um, by some text to speech software or a screen reader. Whereas if you just get a paper handbook, you can't do that. Mm. No, I think that's really important there that the idea that a lot of the tech that we've become accustomed to using with a lot of this online teaching doesn't have to stay in the online teaching space where we think oh that's the stuff I do when I'm just on my computer teaching mm -hmm. students from distance but rather yeah. bring that into your actual classroom because like especially for teachers who spent a lot of time upskilling themselves on new ways of doing things take full advantage of that take full advantage of that when you go back to the face-to-face -face so that I mean the phrase that gets bandied around a lot these days is the new normal but I kind of like it in the sense that it is new, but we're still doing normal things like teaching. Mm -hmm. But we're just doing it in a newer way that might be better for us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's such a good point. And, you know, we, we touched on it just slightly before that um, for a lot of teachers, there almost won't be a choice but to use some of this technology because it's likely that there will still be some students who are, um, at home or um, are not able to come to class or you know we may we don't know that's the thing but we may still have people that have to isolate for example and with the um, technologies that we have available to us now there's actually really no reason for people to miss class I mean I've been seeing um, on the news in, in America and places where there's been really heavy snow and um, before the kids would have had a snow day and missed the class but now, because of the way that we're working with technology, maybe not so great for the kids, maybe they'll be a bit disappointed, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the way that we're working with technology, they don't miss anything. And I think that that's, that's really interesting. It's a way that we can definitely move forward when we're moving into these sort of hybrid, high flex classrooms where you're going to have a combination of students. The technology is going to still make, play a really important role. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I actually saw on the news there, just to build on what you were saying, Coral, that I think it was a principal in America actually emailed out all the students to say, don't worry, we won't force you to do online learning in the future if there is a snow day, because it is quite sacred when you wake up, it's completely <laughs> snowing. And it's the you're praying when you open that exactly. window. Are we going to go to school or not? And then your mum tells you, no, you don't have to go. You're like, yes. And then you go outside and there's all sorts of mischief in the snow. That, oh, <laughs> definitely. I know. But it's 
it is actually um it's funny but it's, it's really I think we talked about it in a previous podcast episode actually but um st- still using these technologies and particularly thinking around the sort of hybrid approach um or high flex you know whatever you want to call it where some students are at home and some are in the classroom mm. is really fantastic for accessibility and for being more inclusive so we mentioned it in a previous podcast episode where if a student um for whatever reason ha- maybe has a longer term illness something like that or um is unable to come to the classroom but still wants to participate still wants to be part of the class and is well enough to do so but not well enough to come in then they would have that option and i think that's that's what's really important that we look at things maybe more flexibly definitely when we yes. return to the classroom yeah and there's also people who have unpredictable um kind of long-term health issues that might mean that they don't know whether they're going to be able to come in or not um so for example something like chronic fatigue fatigue syndrome which Mm. is something which is an invisible invisible disability um and it means you know it's something where you don't know like one week you might be completely fine to go into your lesson face to face but then you know the next day or even in a few hours from then you might not even be able to stand up so Mm. you know it being able to actually still access the lesson in the same way is is really mm-hmm. crucial um and i think one of the things actually that we kind of miss about when we talk about hybrid learning or high flex learning is that the point is not about having students in the face to face class and students online at the same time i know that's what people focus on but that yeah. really isn't the point the point is giving the student the freedom and the flexibility and the the, the inclusivity that they can you know, they, they can come in if they yeah. need to come in or want to come in, or they can not come in if they don't need to come in or, or they're not able to come in. Um, and I think that is is so powerful because it means that education is then accessible to people who would otherwise have missed out on an education. And surely that's something we should all be striving for. And actually, it's I think that one thing we'll have to be really aware of is the effect that all of this situation has had on learners particularly those sort of primary high school but even into university learners who have missed you know who have been at home who have been learning from home all this time and it's going to be a gradual thing to get them back into the classroom and I think that in terms of a sort of pastoral care having the opportunity to have that hybrid model where if the student was feeling completely overwhelmed or really struggling with coming back into into the classroom just because of the situation that we've all been in, then they would still have the opportunity to learn from home because it's going to be a huge adjustment for people. And there'll be lots of um, learners out there who are desperate to get back to the classroom, but there will be learners who, for whatever reason, Mm. are going to struggle with that adjustment to going back. And I think that's, that's another reason that flexibility is going to be really, really important. Yeah, I agree. And what about the pastoral side of things? You know, because I know that some places have been introducing sort of fixed seating plans because you have to have people seated separately in the class. You know, how how can we make sure that that that's implemented in a way that is still kind of um, you know supportive to students and doesn't make them feel kind of isolated? Yeah, I think you're quite right you know for for things like track and trace they've had to implement these seating plans but it does 
mean that you're not sat next to your peers you don't get those little elbow digs and you know <laughs> clarification points or whatever it is we, we know what learners are like um I think trying to set up spaces for students to be able to continue that communication such mm. as discussion forums or you know maybe even setting them documents to work on together in smaller groups or um interactive tasks where there is that communication you know even an activity in a breakout room just so that they're still given a space where they can actually kind of get together and might not be physically close but can get together have a chat about the task at hand build some relationships and be you know be able to share some information with their peers and if that is occasionally five or ten minutes at the beginning or end of a lesson for them to catch up and treat it as a recreational chat I think that there's no problem in that either yeah yeah I think that's going to be so important um is it's just sort of recognizing the fact that um you need to build in social interaction maybe in a way that you didn't have to before yeah. um because though the community building um will have happened for some in some classrooms I know lots of people who've been doing fantastic things um, online with their with their students throughout the pandemic but there will be classes and opportunities where people do feel isolated or don't feel part of that class and don't feel like they belong to that class so I think building in specific either times for um, being social or as Ellis was saying a specific space preferably online because then everyone is able to to join in where mm. people can can work together and building in sort of collaborative activities to allow people to get to know each other I think is really important yeah I love I love that idea of like building in consciously building in like social time and um, one way that you can do that is you can for example have a have a live chat or have a have a discussion forum where students can post things and just you could just say each lesson or each week or whatever you could get people to um, post you know a song that they've been listening to or mm. you know uh, a tv show they've been watching or um or you know their favorite food or you know anything that just kind of gets 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 people to get to know each other better and also it's you know adds a bit of fun in there even just adding you know sending their favorite emoji or their favorite gif into the mm. the the chat um can be quite a fun. I mean, we were doing that just earlier weren't we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. You know, I'm a big fan of of a gift. Who isn't? <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge is surely the only person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think one thing is we just, I think we need to um, ease back into things. I think would be my key thing to take away is that what we can't do is just return to the classroom and just go back. To, to how things were before. Um, we need to recognise the effect that things might have had on students, um, not put to waste all the good work that people have done online and the effort that teachers have put in to upskill themselves. You know, we want to still be using all those fantastic things, but I think just being really mindful and um, you know encouraging students to be mindful of how they're feeling and how how things are affecting them and if they need like a little bit of a time out for example being a bit more flexible with breaks in the classroom 
I think would be a, a good thing to implement as well or just you know just really encouraging students to to think about how they feel and and how their how this experience has affected them. Because I think it's fair to say that obviously while we've all been working from home and learning from home we have had certain home comforts so you know students will have become accustomed to maybe not wearing a uniform whilst they're learning or mm. not having to worry <laughs> about the fact that they dyed the hair pink which might not be aligned with school policy and those sorts of things those barriers will have been removed um, and I think there's probably some flexibility um, whilst transitioning back into the classroom for that but also like you said a moment ago Coral building in additional breaks and I think for me it's almost like even if you've got a set of returning learners that you have already met and taught for you know maybe even a number of years I would imagine that there is benefit to treating the transition back into the classroom as if those learners were brand new learners perhaps mm thinking about it like the transition from primary to senior school or senior school to college, college to university, those sorts of really big gaps where students are completely overhauling not just the establishment and all of their teachers but their peer groups as well. I think that's what this is going to feel akin to. I also think as you were saying a moment ago, um, I well we've all touched on it, I really don't want to see uh, all of the hard work that teachers, students, learning technologists, loads of other people behind the scenes have put into working with technology and enhancing our offerings go to waste. I think, obviously, you know, we're all looking forward to getting back to face-to-face -face, um, environments, but it would be a real shame if we didn't capitalise on those skills. We've we've gone through the painful bit now. We've, you know, we've gathered those skills. We've worked out what does and doesn't work. We've gained confidence. We should run with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's really true. And I, and I think also actually going back to a point that you just made about how everyone's looking forward to getting back to the face-to-face -face classroom. And I think for most of us, that is very much true but we also should try and think about the fact that maybe some people aren't like there might be some people who are not looking forward to yeah. getting back to face-to-face -to -face classes right. and we we can also try and be kind of you know sensitive and and you know supportive to those students who may not feel as comfortable in the face-to-face -face class for all sorts of reasons I mean they might be worried about uh you know about uh, being being infected with coronavirus you know they might be worried about um, for example they might be bullied you know actually if you if you get to stay at home and you don't have to go into class if you're someone who's who gets bullied by other students then that's an absolute you know it's an absolute lifeline to be able to just sit at yeah. home and 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 not have to deal with that um, and there are all kinds of you know there are all kinds of things some people might feel kind of socially anxious when they're in the class but they mm -hmm. might feel less anxious um when they've been learning online so just kind of thinking thinking about it because even though we might be really excited to get back maybe not everybody shares that and let's just try and you know support everybody no matter what they're feeling about that transition yeah yeah absolutely yeah and actually you're right and, and I think we've kind of skirted it a few times but we've said about you know the online learning removing a barrier to learning but um, sort of going back to the snow day almost 
I as a learner may be able to come in but I might have childcare responsibilities because my child's school might have closed so I can still perform my learning online and you know keep an eye on my own children rather than having to take a day out because of those sorts of circumstances as well. Okay so I think um, that's probably all we've got time for today on this episode. Yeah. Um, it's great to chat to you all again as usual. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. look forward to seeing all of you and all of our listeners at some point in the face-to-face real world. <laughs> Whenever that <laughs> may be. <laughs> Let's look forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.